If we can turn to 1 Corinthians 14, uh, I'm going to read from verse 1 to 4. And I really, I'm excited for many reasons. One of them being that this is a season that I feel will benefit most of us. And it will teach us to really tap into the prophetic, which is an area that uh, I'm loving this season. It's an area that I'm really, really beginning to understand a bit more than I used to before. So if you can just turn to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1 to 4, and let's see what Paul said. If you are there, say amen. amen. If you are there, say amen again. Amen. <laughs> now we know who's not there, do we? Okay, so... It says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Amen? Amen. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who, prophes who prophesies... <coughs> edifies the church. And that's the bit that I really, really love. And I just, I'm just going to focus on the two verses, the beginning and the last verse that I read. Verse 1 and verse 4. I'll read verse 1 again. It says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. And I love that verse because it tells me that prophecy is for every single one of us. Amen? And should we desire prophecy, it will come to us. And every single one of us can prophesy. Amen? And I'll read verse 4 because that's really where the basis of my message is coming from. And it says, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. And the reason I read this verse is to say that in this season, as God speaks to us, as God draws out of us his word that is spoken in previous generations, let us expect to be edified. So I'm going to stand in a position personally as well where I'm expecting to be edified by God's word this season. Amen. I'm expecting to be comforted by his word. Amen? I'm expecting to be encouraged and strengthened. So I looked up the word edify. Just to find out really what does it mean. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll just um, that up again. And I realize that it means to restore. Amen. To enlighten. To strengthen and encourage. Amen. Amen. And I start with that just to lead you to the message that I'm going to share with you, which is based on restoration. As we learn about the prophetic and prophecies that God has given us and the word that God has given us, we are expecting to be restored. And for something to be restored, 
it must have been taken away from you. Okay? For something to be restored, if God is going to restore your life, someone must have taken something from you. And it's usually a thief that takes away, right? And we know that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And this season, God is restoring. Amen. So we're really going to look at that, and I'm really, really excited. I'm going to drive it from that basis and push it so that by the time we finish this session and for the rest of the month, your lives will not be the same. Amen. 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 The second reason that I love the prophetic is this. Personally, I've been a student of the prophetic for quite some time. And I'm just going to share with you how God really confirmed that over my life. It was a few months ago, during another bank holiday, uh, that I happened to be traveling with my wife just to spend some time with the family. And one of my cousins rings me. This is just on a regular day, and he rings me, and he calls me by the name of a prophet. A prophet who is based in Africa. So he calls me by his name, and I, I wasn't quite sure of his name. It was the first time I've kind of heard it. It was the first time I heard it. And I say, why do you call me by that name? And he says, this guy is a prophet. Have you never heard of him? I said, oh, I think I heard of him once. But the last time I heard about him, he was being ridiculed. Because we know that there's a prophetic movement that's happening right now, right? But the world doesn't quite understand it. And I pray that as we cover this, you will quite understand it. So we went on to uh, this party, this barbecue that we're going in with uh, the rest of my family members. And we're talking about God and the Bible and everything that God does. And his brother, so the guy who rang me earlier, right? His brother then turns to me and he says... You serve in a church, are you an assistant pastor? And I said, yeah, I'm an assistant pastor. And he goes, let me show you something. And he goes on Google and he shows me this same prophet that I had earlier on the day. And he says, do you know this guy? I say, I heard about him earlier on from somebody else. And he goes, right, I'm just showing you this so you should be careful not to end up like this. So this is the second time I'm hearing this name of the prophet, right? And I'm confused. I say, God, what is this? So this guy is warning me about a prophet that I've never really met. I've never really studied. Okay, I'll just leave it there. So I just ignored him. On the Sunday, I came to church. And my pastors, they traveled. So they traveled abroad. I didn't know where they went, really, in, in terms of who they'd gone to see. So I had no idea, okay? They said, oh, we're traveling, you know, I, I, somehow. It just so happened that I didn't know who they were going to see or where really exactly they were going, for what purpose, all right? So I come back on Sunday, they've returned from their trip. And I say to Pastor Phil, so how was your trip? And he goes, oh, trip was great. It was awesome. God moved. I said, okay, God moved. <laughs> All right. <laughs> as vague as it was, God moved. I said, okay, fair enough. Welcome back. It's good to have you guys back. And we finish the service, and I get in the car. Amy comes in, and she goes, you never guess who these guys went to see. I say, who? And she says, the prophet we've heard about all weekend. That was the third time I heard this. First time God ever spoke to me that way, I said, all right, God, my ears are open to you. There is something surely you're trying to say to me. So I went home. I never slept that night. I studied this prophet. 
I've heard this name three times this weekend. Something is going on and God wants to say something. And as I was sleeping in the night, God said to me, this is the direction I want you to go. This is the man I want you to follow. This is the man I've called you to serve us. Is everyone following? The reason I share with you that story is that God speaks in so many different ways. And every single one of us in this very place are inside a prophetic grace that God has planted in this ministry. I don't believe any single one of us are here by accident. So I began to study the prophetic. From that very moment, I realized, okay, God, you've called me to be somebody I never quite thought I was. God has called me many things, and for every single one of them, God has called me to be, I've gone to study. He said, I want you to go into business. So I began to study business and, and try different business things. And he says, I want you to serve the youth. So I start that. And now he says, I want you to study the prophetic. So I look at that. And as I began to study the prophetic, I realized one thing. That when it comes to prophecy, and for every prophetic word that God gives you, there is a beginning. And every powerful man of God that begins to prophesy, and every single one of us here are powerful men and women of God who do prophesy. As I began to study that, I realized that there is a beginning to every single one of us. There was a beginning to every single word that God has for you. There was a beginning to every calling that God has spoken over you. And at the beginning, there is always a word. For even in this Bible that we read, at the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So I want us to go to the beginning and look at the story of our spiritual father and how things began with him. So we're just going to look at three different things. I want, to, I want us to look at uh, the story of our spiritual father and see the promises that God made to him and, and we'll carry that and see where we are now because of that promise. Amen. So if we can all just turn to Genesis 15, verse uh, 1 to 5. Genesis 15, verse 1 to 5. And it's the story of Abraham. And God's showing us here the, the, the covenant with, uh, with Abram. And it says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless, and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, and this is the great promise that we all recall up until this day. He says, look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. God spoke a word to Abram at that point, right? He, he makes a promise to him and he says, okay, this is what you will become one day. Nations will come out of you, right? They'll be as numerous as the stars if you can count them. So he begins with a promise. And if you read this story, and I won't go into much of it because of time, but you will see that um, God asks Abram to, uh, to make a sacrifice. And after that, God visits him in a dream. 
and he speaks more promises and he prophesies into his life about what will happen. Okay? But we won't go into that. So I'll just build that on and let's look at what happens in Genesis 17. As we build up from there. And I will do a lot of reading today just so we can really follow this story of God's promises and how they apply to us to this very day. And it says, I'll read from verse 1 to 9. It says, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. Amen. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your your descendants after you for the generations to come. To be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan where you reside as a foreigner I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you. And I will be their God. Then God said to Abraham, as for you, you must keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you, for generations to come. Amen. Amen. Do we all realize that word still applies to us today? That word still applies to us today. A lot of promises that God made to Abraham are still working today. We're still walking in that very promise of greatness. Amen? God establishes his covenant early on. There is a foundation in every single one of us. There's a foundation that God laid in your life. I love it because when you look at people that, that, that study the prophetic or uh, prophets or even our pastor himself, things become quite easier when you look at the prophetic. I say, I say that to say this. When when God confirmed that, okay, I want you to look at the prophetic, right? I want you to go in this direction. I rang my dad. And I said, Dad, I, I have a lot of dreams. I, I don't know why. I, I tend to dream quite a lot. And my dad said, yeah, I used to dream quite a lot as well. I dream quite a lot. And the things that I dream about happen, you know, I've dreamt about things. And he spoke about it so loosely. And I said, ah, oh, you mean what I have? You do. I was shocked, you know, when he said to me, I used to dream and things would come to pass, so I'd see things before they happen. And that's when I realized that the promise that God spoke upon his life is now working in my life. And in this season, as we look at this and build this up in the prophetic, I want you to look at your life and look at the things that happened before you. We are a carrier of a promise. A certain promise that God spoke over your family that someone might have not carried to pass so far. But it is now your duty to seek that promise and to carry it forward. Do we agree? Yes. Let's look at Genesis 26. I just wanna I'm gonna show you this because this is exciting. And I'm glad that you guys are following. So let's look at Genesis 26 and see how God's promise 
manifest itself over time. God is a God who establishes a strong foundation. Uh, I'm going to read the first six verses in, uh, in Genesis 26. Now, what we're looking at here is a story of Isaac. So Abraham ends up has, having a son, Isaac, okay, who inherits uh, all of his possessions. And Isaac grows up as a son who loves God, and he finds himself in a situation that we look at here. And I'll read the first six verses. It says, Now there was a famine in the land, besides the previous famine in Abraham's time, and Isaac went to Abimelech king of the Philistines in Gerar. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. I'm following. So there's a famine, and people are moving abroad. They're traveling to the UK, they're moving to Canada, to South Africa. And God says to this special son, and he says to him, stay here in Nigeria, in Zimbabwe, in the UK. God's voice is what's more important in the prophetic as we function in this season with His grace, listening to God's voice is by far the most important thing. Thankfully, Isaac hears God. All right, now carry on. And he says, for, you, for to you and your descendants I will give all these lands, and I will confirm the oath I saw to your father Abraham. This is interesting. You know, as, as I read this, I kind of imagine what happens when there's a famine, right? So everyone flees, right? People move. Uh, some of us move from where we came from, and, and so we understand how this works. Well, we, we can kind of get the idea of what's going on here. So as people are fleeing, they're leaving their land behind. There's a lot of buildings, I presume, a lot of houses that are empty, a lot of land that is desolate, and people have left it. And in that moment, God uses that opportunity to tell this guy who hears him that, listen, stay here, and I will give you all of this. So what happens to those that are running away without hearing God? They're losing out. You know, I've been in how, well, I've moved slightly over the bridge, but I'll be back over in this side. <laughs> but I've grown up here since I was 14, and I'm 30 this year. I remember there was a time when everyone was leaving home. A lot of them are coming back now. <laughs> everyone was fleeing home. It wasn't cool to be in home. <laughs> I'm actually talking about my wife. <laughs> everyone was running away from home. It wasn't cool to be in home. My wife would visit and she'd say, oh, what's up with you guys and how? <laughs> All these buildings and it's so cold. You know, she was working in the city in London, everything, you know, the flashing lights and the money, things that happened in London. I said, hey, it's okay. You'll be back. You'll be back. And I remember we were, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were with uh, Benny and Luther, and we were just sharing about, you know, what God is doing, what we feel God is doing. And I remember saying this, like, God is preparing ground in hell. 
He's preparing ground in Howard. The reason why all these guys are coming back is because God wants to establish strong children that will inherit this very city. I'm so happy I'm here. <laughs> I'm so happy I stayed because I've studied the market and I've studied the buildings and I've studied the city and I know which buildings to buy. <laughs> I know which land to buy, the one that everyone left behind. God's voice for me is far much more important than what everyone thinks of this city. Are we following? So here's Isaac. He finds himself in a very similar position. Right? And God reminds him, and he says, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give them all these lands, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed, because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required. So Isaac's father also obeyed God and did everything God required. Keeping my commands, my decrees, and my instructions. I love what verse 6 says. It says, so Isaac stayed in Gerard. He stayed. All his friends had gone. Everyone. He stayed. There was more money elsewhere. <laughs> Definitely more money elsewhere. Isn't it a pity when we don't turn an ear into what God is doing? And we follow money. I was speaking to a friend of mine the day before yesterday, and he's you know in and out of the church and and and, and so forth and so forth. And I was saying to him, you know what? In as much as I I wish and I pray that my parents will follow God more strongly, I thank God that they brought me here, for I strongly believe God has a reason and a purpose why He brought me here. And they might have thought they came here for economic reasons, but God has other plans. Amen. Amen. So let's look at verse 12. I won't try, I won't um, talk too much other than what the Bible says. I love what verse 12 says. So it says, Isaac planted crops in that land, the very same land, and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. Wow, that sense tingles down my spine. He ripped a hundredfold. In that land, in that land, in that land, that very place that God said to him, stay. The man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks. It's so many cars. <laughs> and heads and servants. He had many employees. He had many employees. That the people in that land envied him. These were the Philistines, the strong guys. They envied him. And when you read on, you discover that they begin to do some damage to his property and what his father owed, they begin to just try and intimidate him. 
and try and discourage him. But that's another story for another day. This man was blessed because he obeyed God's word. I just want to encourage you this season to turn an ear into God's word over your life. None of us are here by accident. And I've, I've learned and I've realized that the danger of ignoring God's word, if anything, it delays God's promises over our lives. Because we keep on coming round and round and round and round. We know that something is not adding up. And what we're looking for is God's word. But God has spoken already. He doesn't make any mistakes. He's always on time. He doesn't just make empty promises. But it's now up to us to position ourselves. And I'm a testament to that, and I can honestly say that the prophetic word in this ministry has carried me this far. Amen. Amen. Despite of what others may have thought in the past, by just turning an ear into the prophetic word that God gives every season, I couldn't be more happier. And I just want to show you something in the New Testament before I close. I just want to tie this up with uh, Luke 13. If we can all just turn to Luke 13. And I'll show you something, how God's word is timeless. God's word transcends through time. God's word is everlasting. God's word is powerful. God's promises are never ending. Let's look at from verse 10. And I'll read up until verse 17. I did warn you I'll be doing a lot of reading today. (laughs) For some of you, this is probably quite a lot, but it's okay. It says, On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to a woman, You are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Amen. Amen. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leaders said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. Isn't this shocking? The Lord answered him, You hypocrites. Don't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stove and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her. I will get in this. When he said all this, all his opponents were humiliated by the people, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. Now, I love this lady. I love this woman, right? Now, in order to receive God's word, you need to be positioned very well. 
18 years this woman kept turning up at this place. 18 years. 18 years. And the word of God found her seated in the house of God. It's not the easiest thing to do in our days to follow God despite of the troubles, despite of the disappointments, despite of whether we can get a job or not, despite of whether we can get a boyfriend, a girlfriend, despite of whether ABCs. This woman came week after week after week after week. And the word of God that transcends through time found her in the house of God. And Jesus said to her, come, come. Simply because she was a daughter of Abraham. Which means that the promise that we read in Genesis 15, in Genesis 16, in Genesis 17, still spoke years later. And it healed this woman. Connected by the prophetic. Connected by God's word. If we can all please stand. Father, 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 Father. And here we are in God's house today, connecting to this prophetic word, that should there be anything in my life, should there be anything in your life that has held you back for so long, however long it may be, you are in the house of God where things are broken, where nothing, nothing that the enemy has done over you, remains over your life. Father, Father, reveal to me, reveal to me, reveal to you, Father, Father. Reveal to your people, oh God, your word that you've spoken of them. Reveal to your people your promises. Reveal to your people your promises, Father. Your promises and your prophecies, oh God. For out of that prophetic word, Heavenly Father, my healing comes today. You are a God who corrects. You are a God who aligns. You are a God who transcends. You are a God who is timeless. Your word far, 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 far comes. Your word comes. Your word comes. Thousands of years later, generation after generation, oh God, we still find ourselves in your word, oh God. We still find ourselves in your house, God. Just pray to your Father and just stretch your hands towards him and say, God, Reveal to me what it is that you've spoken over my life, oh God. Every promise that you've spoken over me, God. Every promise that you've spoken over my father and my grandfathers. The promises that they didn't see, Father, I am the one to see them. Nothing will hold me back, oh God, from those promises, oh God. From those promises that you spoke over my forefathers. Nothing will hold me back from the promises that you spoke over my mother's family, God. Those promises are coming to pass. Those promises are coming to pass. This is your opportunity to pray to God. This is your opportunity to pray to God that whatever your father didn't see come to pass, it will come to pass in your generation. That whatever God has started with you, the generation after you will carry that on. Whatever God has spoken, generations before, generations before, it comes to pass in your generation. Oh God. Oh God. Ribu shake, ribu satara, ribu shake, ribu sete, ribu 